You're listening to Podiatry Marketing, conversations on building a successful podiatry practice with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Welcome to Podiatry Marketing. I'm Jim McDonald. I'm here with my co-host Tyson Franklin. Tyson, how's it going today? I am fantastic. Life is good over here. I assume it is over where you are too. Oh, always, always. Things are good in uh, in Canada. Not, not no problems over here. Um, so let's jump into kind of what we're going to talk about today. Uh, we are going to talk about professional referrers. So if anyone has read my book, uh, it's no secret, there's money in podiatry, just happen to have a copy right in front of me here. May as well give it a plug. Shameless um, plug. Yeah, shameless plug. And oh, was it? there's nothing wrong with shameless self-promotion. Anyway, in my book, I have the marketing, uh, second part of the book was all about marketing. And I talk about the six pillars of marketing. And the first pillar is one, professional referrers. So I thought... Over the next couple of episodes that, that I do, the ones that I talk about a certain subject, I'll go through those six pillars. So the first pillar, professional referrers. That's what I want to talk about today. That's awesome. I think that's a great place to start. And I think um, it, it mean, it's a great place to start, not only because it's a great topic, but I think a lot of people just getting into marketing uh, or just kind of like really trying to take a proactive approach uh, to kind of making more awareness about the practice and starting with uh, you know, you know, doing referrals and being visible to um, different folks uh, in the local area, but also in the kind of healthcare system is a, is a huge opportunity there. Um, how about you just let us know kind of like where, where would people, your idea as far as getting started with a professional referral network of folks? Well, first it's identifying who they are. Yeah, so it's your doctors, your physios, your chiropractors. To me, a professional referrer is anyone that potentially would, could write you a letter that the patient will bring with you. Not, they don't always come with a referral letter, but in general, that's what you're sort of hoping for. And so I think the first part with professional referrers is really look at all the professional referrers in your particular area and identify who they are, where they are, and are they the sort of referrers that, that you want. So not every referrer is equal. So there might be a, a doctor that you know, only bulk, only bulk bills, lower economic you know, sort of patients, the clinic doesn't look very nice, and it doesn't mean you ignore them, but more than likely, they may not be servicing your ideal client. So you wouldn't make them a priority that you'd see them before, say, a doctor, physio, chiropractor in another particular area. But to me, once you start seeing your professional referrers, I think the main thing is you, you need to stay top of mind. And the only way to do that is you've got to constantly be seen and you've got to be heard. Just doing a you know, one visit, one email is not enough to actually change their referring habits. So you might yeah, say, for example, I was coming to see you, Jim, and we're, we're chatting away. You like me, I like you, and I think, oh, that's fantastic. Jim's going to start referring a lot of patients to me now. But for the last 20 years, Jim has been sending them to yeah, Mary down the street. So even if Jim liked me, and he might refer me a patient the next day and the next week, but if I don't maintain that relationship so and nurture it so jim remembers that i'm there yeah so he sees me and he hears about me and eventually jim's gonna go oh the podiatrist oh who was that guy again uh you know just send him to mary so they they very quickly go back to their old habits no exactly like you got to break that cycle or break that habit i thought you touched on a really important point just like a couple minutes ago that i wanted to rehash it that you know 
choosing who those kind of referrers are and making sure they kind of match your ideal client is really, really important. Because I think you're, like you said, like if you're going to go after runners, right, you're not going to be hanging out with doctors that are taking care of you know, senior citizens or yeah. people doing diabetic wounds or such. So I think it's a lot of the kind of topics we've talked about previously on some, some older podcasts you know, really tie into this referral network and how you go in and kind of, you know, build those bonds with other, you know, with the running shoe stores or physios or chiropractors or wherever your ideal client is. I thought that was a really good point. Yeah, because, that's, and that's what I meant, they're not all equal. And very quickly, you may be able to determine the ones that you want to see as a priority. It doesn't mean that they're always going to be the people that will refer patients to you, but more than likely that they may. And I think the, the other part to sort of consider too is to, to remember that your professional referrers see the same marketing that you put out to your patients. So if you're talking to a professional referrer, you go, oh, we just provide you know, the most premium service, everything is great. But your marketing is saying, hey, we're, we've got discounts, we're the cheapest uh, podiatrist, we bulk bill. Then your professional referrers are seeing the same stuff that your patients are seeing. And if all of a sudden there's like a, mitch, a mismatch in what you've told them and then what they're seeing, they may not be sending you the right patient. So if you are the most advanced or if you are a premium service, whoever you're talking to the professional referrer, make sure that's also reflected in all the marketing that you're basically doing. Now that makes a lot of sense. You have to really kind of uh, develop that message. Not only your ideal patient, like you said, but just how you message, you know, put out into the world, like what you want to get into your clinic. Cause like you said, not only do uh, your patients see that, but you know, potential patients, but also potential for furs. Yeah, and going back to you know, nurturing the relationship and making sure you, you stay in touch with them, sometimes you will have someone who will be a great referrer. You might be getting lots of referrals from it and all of a sudden it stops. And it's not always your fault. That's something really important to remember. Yeah, you can only control the things you can control, right? So uh, sometimes, sometimes those things uh, aren't going to work your way. Yeah, prior to COVID, we used to do a lot of personal visits, which were great. Yeah, you could, you can put a face to a name. And I think if, you, if you've still got the ability to do that, if you're in an area where COVID isn't a problem at the moment, but a lot of places are still not really wanting the, these personal visits, I think you just got to get more creative, like using videos, for example. Uh, we can talk about videos in more detail later, but there's certain programs where you can shoot a video, you can email the link to your professional referrer and when they click on that it is you actually talking to them saying hey jim how you doing just thought i'd introduce myself if no other podiatrists in your area are doing this straight away the doctor getting it is going to go oh i haven't received this before that is different all of a sudden you're starting to starting to stand out but if you do happen to do a personal visit or you might be at a networking event and you bump into a professional referrer and you meet them and you talk to them and the conversation's great i always think Every time you talk to a professional referrer in any setting, as soon as you get back, take notes. We'll pull your phone out, go to your notes section, and take notes of the conversation, what was said. If you could go back and have that conversation again, would you have said or done anything differently? And you keep a file. You keep this as a record on that, that actual professional referrer. No, I think you're right. You have to find ways to uh, not only for them to send you value, but also provide value for them. So you know, having those conversations with them to understand as far as you know, what kind of patients do they want to see in their practice and making sure that when you develop this relationship, it's kind of a win-win. Um, it's, you know, it's just kind of a, a vicious cycle that kind of builds on itself. They're, they're sending patients to you you want to see and treat and vice versa. Uh, you're also kind of feeding into their practice because, um, you know, we can, 
it, 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 you know, you kind of want to go get those referrals from folks, but you also want to be a source. Um, let's say if you need, uh, you know, kind of your go-to physio, or you need someone to to help you um, develop kind of better treatment courses for some of your patients. Having them in the loop um, and using them referrals is probably going to, you know, multiply or just at least get patients back in kind, most likely. Yeah, and like nurturing a relationship over time, some of those professional referrals will become really good friends. You will see them a couple of times and you will see them at a networking event and then you might see them yeah, at a running event. And the more often you see them, the friendlier you get. And there's no limit to how many friends you can have that are physios or chiropractors or you know, referring doctors. But you'll find the ones that refer you the most are the ones that you've actually maintained that relationship with. So I listed a couple of things down that when I, when I talk to people, they'll normally come and ask me, so what what are your tips? What are some ways that I can actually nurture uh, this relationship? So I've noted a couple of down. Everyone knows that you give a referral from somebody, might be a local physio, there's a letter, you read it, you treat the patient, and you write back. I call, I call that an expected report. When the uh, when the physios refer them to you, they're assuming you're probably going to send a report back, what your findings were or what sort of treatment you're going to do. One tip, always just write in plain English. Don't use all the podiatry term and jargon. It just confuses them. They don't know what we're talking about. So keep it simple. But the other type of report is what I call an unexpected report. And that's when a patient comes and sees you. It might be a knee problem. You treat it. They think you're awesome. You go, great. And, you, and during the conversation, you would say, oh, by the way, have you ever seen your physio or doctor about this? And they go, yeah, I had mentioned my knee problem. The physio was looking at it ages ago. And I go, oh, they never told you to see a uh, podiatrist. No, never came up in conversation. Okay, would you mind if I actually wrote to your physio just to, so this could be part of your uh, medical file with them, that they just know that you've come to me with that knee problem, had treatment, it's now going great? Patients always say yes. You write the report to the physio, very polite, just saying, I'll just let you know, yeah, Mary came in and saw me, I had this knee problem, she, she sort of mentioned that she may have mentioned it to you in the past, she wasn't quite sure. Anyway, this is the treatment I've done. These are the results we've had. You may see Mary again before I do, so can you just keep an eye on it? Usually by the time you do about the third report, all of a sudden, whatever, whoever that person was, you start getting referrals from them because they're realizing, hang on, this person thinks I'm a bit of a dill because I'm <laughs> not, yeah, that's the third patient now with a knee problem that they fixed and that I have not referred on. So th that's what I call an unexpected report. And that works really, really well. No, I think that's it's important to kind of like build those connections, right? Even if you don't have a connection right away with that person, whether you're, you know, you're helping kind of facilitate the care of people in the local area and, the, you know, whether they're taken off guard by that or just, um, you know, definitely it, it makes you definitely the more aware of who you are and the kind of care you're providing. I think one thing we hadn't talked about, and I thought, you know, we're talking about a, a lot of external specialties and lots of external yeah. chiropractors and physios. I think there is also, you know, internal kind of podiatry referrals as well. You know, I think this happens a lot in the U.S. because um, there's kind of a very big spectrum or range in care that people will provide. You know, some people are really happy to be the sports medicine orthotic person, just oh, doing yeah. a lot of kind of musculoskeletal care. And then there's a per the other people that really want to be the the surgeon, the trauma specialist, the diabetic wound care specialist. So even though we're all podiatrists, it's also important to realize that there are these kind of small sub subspecialties. And if you don't enjoy doing wound care and you know, Dr. Smith down the road enjoys doing it, you know, building kind of a positive, you know, inter kind of, you know, I guess 
same intradisciplinary, uh, you know, podiatrophoral network can also be something to explore. Oh, I agree. I remember when we set up a, a particular podiatry business and it was just 100% sports biomechanics orthotics. That's all we were doing. No general foot care. However, in the town at the time, I think there, was, there were two podiatrists there. And then I was telling them that I was setting up this business, not doing any general foot care. Both of them really didn't want to have anything to do with me because I was going to be in opposition. I'm thinking, hang on, guys, you're not, you're not understanding. I'm not doing any general foot care. Your businesses are quite busy with general foot care. Anyone that comes to me, I need to refer them somewhere. Neither of them wanted to have anything to do with me because I was now the new competition in town. I'm thinking, I'm just scratching my head going, okay, well, I know you do biomechanics and orthotics as, as well. But when somebody comes to me and says, I want yeah, an ingrown toenail treated, which we weren't going to do, I want to send them somewhere. But neither of them wanted to form a relationship. So I think that's a really good point that you can get referrals from other, from other podiatrists if you're smart enough to talk to each other and find out what your likes and dislikes are. That, that can be a hard part though, right? Because you, you, know, you get out of training or you're just like in a new place and you really feel like you have to like stake your claim to that area. But just like, like you said, um, there's going to be some things you do really, really well and then there's other things you don't want to do. And just finding those people to help complement the care that you provide can be hugely beneficial in a very symbiotic relationship. Oh, it's no different to when any clinic I've had when I was working there myself, I don't treat ulcers. It's just I don't do it. Someone's going, oh, I've got this ulcer. Don't show it to me. I'm not interested. I don't want to treat it. It'll make me sick. So I would always just send them off uh, somewhere else. But it's having that relationship with other podiatrists, which is which is really, really important. For sure. So one of the other things, uh, a tip I'd give people to build up this relationship, find an excuse to email them. So, if, Jim, if you were the, yeah, the, the podiatrist I'm having a relationship with and I want, and want to nurture that relationship more, is I just got to find an excuse to email you. Oh, our hours have changed. Oh, we've got a new staff member. We've bought a new piece of equipment. Oh, the hours have changed again. We're now open on, on weekends where we're doing something new. Oh, we went off and did some, some extra training and we brought back this extra knowledge. It's just finding an excuse. It doesn't mean you're emailing them every single day, but you just want to at least be in contact with them every few weeks so they know that you're there. And then that ties into creating like, you might have a newsletter for your patients, but create a newsletter for your professional referrers as well. That is a little bit more technical, but it's still about your business, about your team, and just do it once a month. I've, I've never had, when we had our professional referrer database and we were sending newsletters to them, never had one ever unsubscribed from it. Well, they, they want what's best for the kind of the, the patients in the local area as well, right? If you're making improvements in the health of the local community through better procedures, you know, better technology, um, something that they can, uh, you know, help help their patients live happier, healthier lives, and they're the one that referred, you know, to you uh, to receive that care. They're part of that kind of chain of care, and they can, you know, receive a little bit of the like goodwill from the patient if they do that. So I think that's, you know, keeping them in the loop and keeping them informed uh, is a is a helpful thing not only for the two physicians in, in concert, but also for those patients that benefit from the care. Yeah, so I think some people think, oh, I don't want to annoy them. You're not a, if you're annoying them, they will tell you, excuse me, but you're annoying me. And, but, and I've had some doctors where they've outright said to me, I, I will never refer a patient to you. And there have been numerous reasons. It could be their brother's a podiatrist. Sometimes it could just be a personality thing. You meet them and they just, 
You just don't get on. And you can you can feel it when you're talking to them. But don't but sometimes you'll meet somebody and you'll go, Oh, you'll walk away, you go, that was a ten out of ten meeting. And they never refer a patient to you. And other times you can walk out going, I'm pretty sure the guy wanted to club me over the head and bury me in the back of the clinic. He does not like me. I just got that vibe he doesn't like me. And eventually becomes your best referrer. You never know. I mean, there can be some awkwardness, you know, when meeting anybody <laughs> yeah. for the first time, you know, especially during COVID times or, you know, during, during the time we're living now. But at the same time, uh, if you just kind of put in the work, you know, you show the value, you also like provide value to them, then, you know, sometimes it's going to work out and sometimes it's not. But just kind of putting yourself out there uh, is an important thing. Yeah. So a couple of other things I'll quickly run through. One is the, the practice manager is the golden goose. You need to like them and you need to get to know them. And there's numerous ways that you can actually do that, but you need to get them on side. If you get the practice manager on side, then you can easily organize talks in the future to come in and talk to a group of doctors because they always have time set aside where um, different reps will come in and talk to them. Practice manager likes you, you will get those meetings really, really easy. Ask things like, what, you know, what coffee does the, does the doctor drink? What coffee does she drink? And then every now and then, just rock up with a coffee, drop it in and go again. You don't even need to stay for a meeting. Just the idea is to become really friendly with them. If there was a, a networking lunch that you were going to go to, buy a couple of extra tickets and invite the practice manager. And the best thing is practice managers talk to other practice managers. So if you get a couple of them that think the sun shines out of your bum, then they will tell the others, do you know what? That podiatrist down the road, there, they are fantastic because they like to talk. And they like to share good news and good information with each other as well. Yeah, for sure. Like getting within that network and providing value to them and just, you know, showing them that you're, you know, you're, you're paying attention to those small details in the relationship also lets them know they're probably paying, uh, you know, you're paying attention to, you know, the care you're providing to patients as well. Yeah. So a couple of final things, information evenings always go, we used to go really well for us. An excuse to have a bit of a party at your clinic, whether you just opened up a new clinic whether you've done an extension, some new equipment, you've done a renovation, anything where you can think of a reason to bring people in. Now, like I said, COVID times, a little bit different, but they, these will pass. So someone could dig their heels in now and go, oh, I'm not going to bloody do any of that stuff. You know, it's COVID. No, yeah, it's Tyson and Jim stupid. Sometimes I am, but not most of the times I make sense. If it's not working now, that's fine. But it may, in two years' time, may be perfect for, for where you are and, and your particular area. Couple of other things is the you know, third-party events, golf days, yeah, you know, charity golf days. Yeah, you, know, you put in a team of four players, you pay for everything, and it might cost you four, six hundred dollars for the day to do it. But I tell you, the three professional referrers you invite that play that you spend four, five hours with, I tell you, that is a great way to get to know each other. Just um, brush up in your golf game. That's the only tip. <laughs> have a lesson beforehand yeah and just bring a lot of golf balls a lot of golf balls yeah. you know and just in case uh if you end up in the water the crocs get after them yeah. but, i always uh, tell them i'm uh, yeah yeah we had golf course up here we remember ball going in and i'm looking and going it's right next to the crocodile this is a poor <laughs> douglas and i got one of those extender things to get the ball out and everyone's going nah just let him have it I said yeah leave it there so we left it there but it's a good golf course and, uh, but another thing we did once, we, we organized a corporate box at one of the rugby union matches. And I think at the time it cost us $1,500. was all the food, everything included, and we could invite 10 people. The 10 people we invited, within the next week, we had already generated $3,000 worth of work from, from those 10 people. And, and I remember who those 10 people were, 
and they were some of our best referrers over the next five, 10 years after that actual event. So that's just having a look at what's on. And I tell you right now, I love VIP corporate areas. And I know if I like them, I assume <laughs> other people probably like them as well. No, I think that's a huge point there. I think also, like we talked about previously about kind of podiatry, podiatrists and podiatrist you know, referrals, you know, if there's not a monthly or a quarterly journal club, you know, in your local area, that's one way to get to know the other podiatrists in your local area that want to collaborate and want to work with other people. Um, it's a value add. You get different perspectives about different types of care. Um, it's just, you know, maybe it's even more than just a journal club. It's just a case studies. It can yeah. be um, ways to kind of get uh, build bonds and relationships with people in the local area. Also, you know, if you're looking to be, uh, let's say, sports medicine podiatrist or there's a certain area that you have a very big interest in and you kind of know whether they are current refers or not who those people are let's say i want to like see nothing but running patients well if i'm in a big enough local area maybe we you know get i i invite five or six of these potential referrers to present with me in a in a local event about like running injuries or you know there, there's ways to create you know ways to network obviously covid times you know uh it makes it a little different you know all these disclaimers with covid but at the same time um once things kind of get back to normal a bit um having this people are going to be very i think into in-person events i know mm. that i'm Definitely. Like dying to like get down to the U.S. and see some of my podiatry resident school co uh, colleagues just to like hang out, go you know, uh, at some of these meetings. But in your local area as well, there's going to be I think a, a need for some of this kind of camaraderie in person. And if you're the meet you know, or the or, you know the meeting organizer for something that's very centric to like what you want to do in your practice, like that is that could be a huge catalyst for additional refers, which like, it might be a lot of work on, you know, you know, like you talked about, or, or corporate events might be a little bit of money up front, but the work and the money you put up front, you know, might create kind of a stream of referrals and professional relationships that might last a lifetime. Uh, it definitely does. Like to, for example, in Cairns here, we have uh, Cairns Taipans in the National Basketball League. You can just book a corporate box for a one-off game. And I think it's like $1,100. It's not a huge amount of money. Now, some people might go, oh, that's too much. It's not a lot of money when you can have six or eight people in the box. So it works out in the 100, 150 ahead. Yet you might spend another 200 on food. But even if the whole night costs you $1,500, you know, I always say, use the orthotic economy. How many pairs of orthotics do you need to get from those you know, six or seven referrers that you invite along to actually pay for that corporate box? But I know people will drop two, three thousand in other forms of advertising for yeah, for a one-off thing or somebody might go through a couple of ads and ads somewhere and they don't get much of a response from it. But this is how you nurture relationships is invest up front, get to know them, get to see what they like and, and don't like. And at the same time, have a bit of fun. People enjoy going along to going along to events especially if they like basketball, especially if they like football. You've got to find, yeah, if they like playing playing golf. So, but just, I just want to go a couple of other things just before we wrap up, because I'm just looking at the time. Over here in Australia, what I usually say to people, acknowledge Australia Day. Everybody celebrates Christmas. Everyone sends them cards and does other things. But who celebrates Australia Day? Or in America, it might be American Independence Day, is celebrate that day. Do something leading up to it that is a celebration. We used to have um, bottles of wine that we did up, Australia Day bottles of wine. 
that we were going to deliver the day before Australia Day to our professional referrers went over a treat. And the last thing I want to say that to sort of wrap up is track your engagement. Keep track of, of where you're having contact with your referrers and also your referral numbers. And things that are going really well, when you do it and you go, wow, well, I've got a lot of referrals from that, double down on it. Put more time and effort into it. Things that aren't working. So if you've sent all your professional referrers boxes of chocolates at Christmas time and it made no difference, stop sending boxes of chocolates at Christmas time. Pick another day, 14th of April. Pick any day. And just say, we're now celebrating the 14th of April because nobody else is. And that will show that you're different. Give them the box of chocolates then and it'll probably stand out. So that's, I think I've, I've run out of, I've got so much more I could say, but <laughs> I'll keep that for another time. No, I think we've got plenty of podcasts, you know, coming down the future where we'll be yeah. able to you know, share some more of that knowledge. And obviously, you know, different types of referrals are huge. So I'm sure we'll touch more on that subject in the future. But uh, I really appreciate you sharing this knowledge with us today, Tyson. And uh, I'm looking forward to the next one with you. Yeah, me too, Jim. I look forward to it. I'll talk to you later. Sounds great. Thanks for listening to Podiatry Marketing with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Subscribe and learn more at Podiatry Marketing. That's the website address, podiatry.marketing.